Welcome and welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, this is your co-host, Jay Kima, with the senior contributor of the podcast, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge. Fellas, welcome in to an emergency podcast, Podcast 97. The Patriots lose to the Dallas Cowboys in stunning, heartbreaking fashion in overtime. 35-29 is the final score. I know, Burge, you've got a lot you want to get off your chest. But, you know, I just wanted to jump on here real quick with you and kind of vented out with you. You seem like you're very worked up, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I, I am. I, I was very into this game. I was yelling when my kid was sleeping. Luckily, he didn't move in his bed. Uh, this is one of the more frustrating losses, of, uh, you know, we can say of the season, of last season. Uh, I, I kind of put this loss up there with, you know, when they got blown out. I think it was by the Rams when we did this emergency podcast last year when they their season was pretty much done. Um, it, it's just this game just it aggravated me throughout. It, and you know, I, I felt the team did enough to win this game. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they stopped these guys in these positions of uh, you know where you would expect you know Dallas to score. You know, they had the the you know the big interception in the end zone on a bad throw by Dak. You know, they had obviously the fumble recovery. Uh, in the end zone uh, on fourth and one, you know, they did enough to win this game. But like, you know, just going into the second half, you know, it it just, it was such a roller coaster. And, and at the end, I, it just, it just bothers me. It it, it bothers me to the core. Uh, You know, Mac Jones, I thought was very good in this game, despite, you know, the pick six he threw at the end. I thought he was very good. I thought he was good enough to win. But, you know, at the end of the day, he wasn't. And, you know, before I get into my spiel, I'll, I'll get your initial reactions, Jay. Yeah, and listen, man, we, we were talking about this via text message, right? And, you know, so far, we're six games into the season. We're two and four. And we have to confront the reality that this Patriots team is a bad football team. Um, you know me and the thing that I hold on to the most uh, in NFL and how I evaluate teams is the win-loss record because that says it all. It is so cut, clear, and concise. And that's the beauty of the NFL. And at this moment in time, 2-4 and four is just not good enough. And I think the worst thing is, you know, for the first five weeks, we made mistakes along the way that cost us these games. We, we had dumb penalties. We turned the ball over. You know, Mac Jones wasn't playing at, at the greatest of levels. He was playing okay. But tonight, it was one of those things where we didn't have many big penalties, right? We didn't have big blunders where the where Damian Harris is going into the end zone and fumbles the football. Mac Jones had that one horrific interception, but he came back immediately and essentially, you know, corrected, corrected his blunders. So what I'm trying to get at is we usually win these games, and I thought we, we played a clean, good game to win the game. Unfortunately, it just wasn't good enough. And my biggest takeaway is we used to win these games. And obviously, we are the vaunted New England Patriots of 20 years of excellence, blah, 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 blah. But all that aside, we used to win these close one-possession games. And now we're not. And that's the biggest, most concerning thing for me. No, I I, I feel you on that. And, you know, uh, the biggest two takeaways that I'm going to take out of this game is Josh McDaniels. His play calling in this, whether you want to blame it on Bill for, 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 for supporting it and going along with it, or, you know, Mac Jones is checking down at the line of scrimmage. But at the end of the day, Josh McDaniels is the offensive coordinator of this team. And I, I, I want to I go back, and I think it was like a third down in like 
three or something like that. And Mac Jones had yet to throw an incompletion in this game. I think he was nine for nine at that point. He threw, he threw seven passes in the first half. He was seven to seven for 100 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And they come out, they have this play, and it's like third and three or whatever, and they hand the ball to not Damian Harris, not Ramondre Stevenson, who looked good tonight, mm-hmm. but to Brandon freaking Bolden. And what does he do? He loses a yard, and they punt the ball away. And, mm-hmm. you know, the conservative play calling that this team is is going through, and, you know, I expected it, you know, early on in the season, you know, maybe weeks, you know, one through three, and I'll even give them one through four, but we're in week six now, and they are still calling this conservative. I think Mac, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Jay, Mac Jones has done enough to earn the trust of the coaching staff at this point to let him air the ball out. He's completed seventy well, percent of his passes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's, a, that's an interesting point, and this is to my bigger you know conversation about Mac Jones, and we'll get to that in a second. But you know, just to give you guys some quick context on Brandon Bolden, he had one rush tonight for negative one yard and did absolutely <laughs> nothing. I mean, that's uh, horrific, right? Uh, but I think the one thing that I do like about this team tonight is the fact that Damian Harrison and the run game kind of showed up. Uh, mm-hmm. Damian Harris had eighteen carries for one hundred and one yards. 5.6 average and mm-hmm. one touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson had five carries for 23 yards, which is 4.6 average uh, per carry and one touchdown. But listen, I want to get back to that point about, about Josh McDaniels. And I saw last week in the Houston game where they got down to the uh, red zone and they decided to put <laughs> Mac Jones at a wide receiver and run Wildcat, okay? I thought that was a one-week thing. I didn't think much of it. We saw it again tonight against the Cowboys where they're in the end zone. Mac Jones was sent out to the wide receiver spot. Damian Harrison took the wildcat formation in the first quarter, right? And my question is, why do they feel the need to consistently take the ball out of Mac Jones in the end zone? And I know what you're going to say is the fact that we think we've seen enough out of Mac Jones for us to cut it for him, for us as fans to cut it loose. But what are they not seeing in practice that they don't have this... Um, this good vibes about letting him cut it loose, right? And essentially, the point I'm trying to drive is one of the guys in the Boston radio this week, and Paul Pil- Paul Perillo was bringing this up. You know, he thinks it comes down to the fact that they had quite a bit of work in the red zone in the in the off season, especially in OTAs and mm-hmm. uh, in summer training camp. And a lot of the general sentiment out of those um, practices was Mac Jones looks a little shaky in the red zone. And I think that's carrying over to the games because listen, I, I think it's it's uh, not smart enough, uh, smart of us to say that you know Josh McDaniels all of a sudden this year is a bad offensive coordinator. I mean, at the end of the day, he's working with what he has on the field, right? Like I understand his play calling isn't up to par, but I don't think overnight he's become a dumbass moron of an offensive coordinator. He is probably seeing something in the practice field that isn't giving him the confidence to call some of those plays in the red zone. So how much of this is on Mac that he doesn't have the confidence of the, of the training of the coaching staff, and how much of this is Josh McDaniels just being a complete ass, which I don't think he he overnight forgot how to be an offensive coordinator. Well, I, well, I'll I'll go back to this, and I'm curious to, to to know what you think about this. But like, did Tom Brady make Josh McDaniels like a a, a good a good offensive coordinator? Because obviously. Obviously, last year with Cam Newton, they weren't running what Josh McDaniels was running with the Patriots for the last, you know, seven, eight, nine years that he's been here. They ran, obviously, a different offense. So, obviously, you give you give him a pass for last year. But, like, Mac Jones is 
you know, and I'm not trying to compare him to Tom Brady, but he's the same style of quarterback that Tom Brady is. He's a pocket passer. He can't. He's not mobile. He, you know, they have the ability to run the offense that 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 they ran for the last 15 years. And you know, part of it came up to me, you know, during this game tonight. You know, when the Patriots had to take a timeout in the second half, Matt Jones was coming off the field, and it looked like he was yelling at at, at the sideline, like like mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, and they showed McDaniel's after that, and there was obviously some sort of disconnect there. And I you know, know you you do remember that, and yeah, you know, I Matt Jones, I you know, aside from the interception he threw tonight, obviously it was a bad spot, and again he made up for it a play later, of course. and you know that, that that was a great great rebound for the kid. But, like, this kid is extremely accurate when he throws the ball. And obviously he's a rookie, so we're going to ride the ups and downs of, you know, what he is. He's going to make mistakes. You know, he's got to grow as a, a, a as a professional. But, like, the throws he made tonight, he that, that was the only one that, 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 that you know, you – I think it hit Bourne's hands too on that. Yeah. It was it was high. You know, I put it on Mac. You know, it was a high pass. It wasn't an easy catch for Bourne to make. But that was the only throw tonight that we, you you really cringed on when you saw him throw it. So it's like let the kid throw the ball. Um, you know, they they get too conservative. And I know you brought up last week against Houston. There was a time where they last week against Houston where they they were in play action twice. They picked up twenty yards of play. And that they get down into the red zone and they run three freaking screenplays in a row. And even Josh McDaniels admitted after that game that he was going to take some criticism for that because, and he understood why people were criticizing him for it. Tonight, it seemed like they were way too conservative in a game when, you know, the the offense on the other side of the field, you know, albeit the Patriots defense was making plays when they needed to, but they were. Dicing them up the whole game. Dak Prescott threw for 445 yards in this game, and I think there was a stat. It was like what 500 and some, you know, 500 and change yards uh, in this game, and it's the most that they've given up since Belichick's been the head coach there. So like, you knew you had to 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 to, to pace with that offense, and you know you're coming out, you're running conservative play calls when your defense has been on the field for three quarters of the game. Uh, you know. Yeah. I don't blame them, especially in the second half, for giving up as many yards and as many plays as they did. You know, I'll get into, you know, we'll get into the, you know, the individuals on the defense in a little bit here. But I don't blame them for being absolutely gassed at the end of this game. I want, what were the, uh, what was the, the time of possession of this game? It was uh, 39, 39-17 to 26-51. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that seems a little bit closer than I thought it was, but they were playing defense the whole game. Mm-hmm. And you're coming out, you're running these conservative play calls, and you end up putting the ball away. Well, to further your point, I mean, Dallas essentially had 115 yards in penalties. I mean, they, they were trying yeah. to give us the game. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I personally hate, hate lazy takes where like, oh, he's a Jets quarterback, so he's going to suck no matter what. Or an Ohio State quarterback can't play well in the NFL. Or, you know, it's a Dallas Cowboys going to Dallas Cowboys. But when you see stuff like what happened tonight and the Cowboys trying to give you that away, I mean, you got to give that narrative a little bit of credence, right? I mean, at the end of the day, Mike <laughs> McCarthy did everything he possibly could to try to give us that game, and we still couldn't close it out. I think that's what hurts the most is, man, like, this team, it, it, the Patriot way was a way where, you know, you didn't, ki- you didn't make mistakes, you essentially, you know, won close games, the pressure wasn't too big, 
And now it seems we can't close out those, you know, one possession games, and that's what frustrates me the most. Absolutely. It's very frustrating, and I will preface this by saying that they are in the middle of a rebuild here. You know, they're in year two, and, you know, they have a bunch of new guys here, but, you know, at the same time, like, you're right. Mike McCarthy was trying to give you the game. He calls a timeout with how much time left uh, in regulation there to kick a field goal? 24 seconds. Like, what are we doing? Let the clock run down there. And, and kick the field goal late to not even give the Patriots a chance to run any offensive plays before overtime. So you have that. You have the you know the the, the dumb challenge early on in the game uh, on fourth down where it was clear that Zeke didn't make the line to gain. It was very clear on the on the cameras, and he still challenged it anyways. You know, question the play call to go for it on fourth down at that point in the game on the first drive in your own territory. That was a dumb call to begin with. So yes. Mike McCarthy was trying to give you this game. You know, he was bailed out by, you know, CeeDee Lamb had, had himself a freaking day in this game. You know, on uh, on my favorite cornerback on the New England Patriots, Jalen Mills. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, you know, he, it, it's just, it's mind-blowing because it, as much as the Cowboys were shooting themselves in the foot in this game, I feel the Patriots did, uh, did the same thing with... A, the conservative is hell playing calling, uh, you know, in the second half of this game. Not trusting the kid to go out and make plays when he was making plays for you all game. Dude, he's standing back there. He's taking hits, and he's throwing accurate balls as he's taking those hits. And, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, he, the kid showed guts tonight. And, again, no moral victories. I'm sick, of, I'm sick of talking about all that. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you, you have to feel good about what Mac Jones is. You have to feel better, you know. I know you. Uh, I wasn't on the podcast this week because I was sick, but I saw the YouTube uh, the post. Is he overrated? I, I I don't think he is. I, I I think he is right now what he is, and I, I I trusted him, you know, during that during the late half of that game. After he threw the pick, I was, you know, that that sucked. But like you're like all right, like you said, Jay, he's got two and a half minutes left, one timeout, two minute warning. You got to think he's good enough to get you down the field if they trust him. What's what's your concern level with Mac Jones throwing the ball ten yards or more down the field? And let me set this up for you real quick because before that really big play he had in the fourth quarter, that seventy something yard touchdown to to Bourne, he was hovering about one hundred fifty yards for the game, and a lot of his high completion percentage throws were coming within seven, six, seven, eight, nine yards to the line of the scrimmage, and. You know, we all, the first thing we say about Mac Jones is he has a high completion percentage. When we talk about Mac Jones, mm-hmm. we say that he has a, you know, sixth overall in the league or fifth or whatever it is now, completion percentage. But the rest of the stats, all of them are buried down in the bottom third of the league. Is there any concern for you in regards to Mac Jones and his, you know, deep playability? Because for me and where I sit at, I think that's my biggest concern with him. You mm-hmm. see some of his limitations come up when they ask him to throw the ball especially over the middle, past 10 yards. So most people can make, uh, most pe- most quarterbacks that go to the NFL can make it throw down the sideline 40 yards for a touchdown. What really tests your arm strength is when you throw across the field, in the middle of the field, 10 plus yards, and those windows are tight, and the linebacker and safety are closing, and the fraction, the, the amount of error is, is minuscule. So I've seen him struggle in those, and what do you think? How much of that is playing into the fact that the offensive uh, coaching staff isn't letting him rain the ball, uh, air the ball out? 
see, I, I'm not as concerned as as most people about this, just because the Patriots' offense, you know, even when Brady was here, they were dipping dunk the whole time, and you know, you, we we all said when Brady left here that his deep he couldn't throw a deep ball because they never did it. They never did it here. It, they would always, you know, they would be chunk, you know, small chunk plays. Get the ball out quick. Get the ball into the playmakers' hands. Let them try to make a play. If they didn't get a big play out of it, it's a positive play at the end of the day. So I'm I'm not as concerned about that because I think it's it, it it's what you expect out of out of a Patriots offense. And now tonight, he he threw two touchdowns uh, of more than you know that that period of time. Uh, we'll say 15 yards. He threw a 20-yard touchdown pass to uh, Hunter Henry, which was a great throw. And then the throw to, to Kendrick Bourne for the 75-yard play was another. He threaded the needle on it. He beat the guy who just picked him off, uh, you know, in that. And I, I'm not as concerned about it because if, if the Patriots are going to trust him and they're going to work their offense the way it's designed to work, which, again, I believe is the dip and dunk pick up your chunk yards every now and then, you know, six yards here, six yards there. If you're, if you're picking up six yards of play, you're moving the ball. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not as concerned about that. Um, you know, as most people think now, I think that, you know, Mac was, was hurt tonight by a couple of, a couple of key of key plays on offense. You had, you know, that Nelson Aguilar drop. And I know they hit Jacoby Myers for a, uh, you know, a 14 yard gain after that. But like, that, that 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 drop by Aguilar on on the first play in overtime, that was going to be a big play. He was wide open and he just dropped the ball. Um, you know, I I have a hard time penalizing Mac Jones for that. I and again, I don't think they have yet they have yet to like let him go out and just command uh, command the offense. And I think it's starting to frustrate him. Uh, you know, just based on his body language tonight, you you could mm-hmm. see it again. I'll go back to that, you know, when he seemed to be yelling at the at the sideline for that uh, that uh, when he they called that timeout against McDaniels. He seemed like he was yelling at McDaniel's on that. He was like, "What the hell? Like, I got it, I got it." And yeah. I, I just want them to just let let him let him do it. He, he's shown enough now, where especially now you're two and four. What do you have to lose to just you know give him give him the keys and let him just just go, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Let's move on to some of these, uh, you know, off-season additions the Patriots have made. And, you know, the person you brought up is Jalen Mills, right? And to give some context on this conversation, you know, the Patriots allowed 567 yards of offense tonight. That is by far the most in the Bill Belichick era. The -hmm. previous high was Super Bowl 52 when they gave up 532 yards to the Eagles. Now, obviously, in this game, they went into overtime, so the regulation numbers were 487 yards, which is still a shit ton of of yards. So let me ask you this. So far, and, you know, you have your issues with Jalen Mills. Is that Jalen Mills signing a bust? Um... I'm gonna say obviously yes at this point, but I, I, I when they signed him, I don't think that they were, were were banking on him to be in the role that he's in now. You know, obviously the situation with Stefan Gilmore is a whole nother thing uh, that you know didn't work out and went against them. But in terms of the offseason signings for them, obviously we both agree that, and it, you know, be dumb to disagree with it that Matthew Judon is by far. By far home and away, their best signing that they've had. He has been an absolute home run, like you said. 
He is a beast. He didn't get it. He didn't get to the uh, get any sacks tonight, but it was clear he was putting pressure on mm-hmm. uh, on Dak Prescott. He was always up there, you know. Uh, and, and a point on that, like I know he didn't get any sacks, but if you watch closely, you can see how much effort the Cowboys were putting into making sure they're yep. sliding protection towards Judon. You know, sometimes you know, there's a tight end chipping on Judon. Sometimes there's a back back there that's trying to chip on Judon. There's a lot of attention paid to Matt Judon. I'm sure it's not going to show up in layman's term on the stat sheet, but he does make a big impact on the defense. Absolutely. Far and away their best signing. Um, mm-hmm. Far and away their worst signing? Jalen Mills. Mm-hmm. Our yes, boy right Puma, our boy Puma was a hundred percent on Puma. this. Woo! Yep, yep. I I'm gonna give him this one. Uh, it's hard not to. Uh, I was out. I was okay with the signing at the time, just based on what I had heard about him. I didn't really know much about him uh, prior to them signing him. But my God, this dude is an absolute train wreck. You know the numbers. You know I think. I think over the course of the last five games before tonight, like his numbers in terms of being thrown at were, were, were pretty good. But let's be honest, every key situation that he has been in coverage, he has been absolutely burned. Whether or not mm-hmm. it's a call issue or, you know, it's just him, uh, you know, just blowing it is, is another discussion. But absolute thumbs down on this kid. He is an absolute train wreck. Um, you look back, I think uh, you can go back as far as week one on that last drive against Miami. He's the one that got burned on the slant that gave Miami the first down and the ability to uh, to run the clock out. We'll, we'll talk about tonight. He got burned on the touchdown, the first touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. Uh, he didn't even know where the ball was. Uh, he, he was just a complete lost on that. It was an easy, It was a great throw by Dak, but at the same time, like Mills wasn't even in like... He didn't even seem to know what was going on. Um, the biggest failure for him tonight, for me, was that third and twenty-five play where he was nowhere in the vicinity of Cedar Lamb. Gave up the twenty-four yards and, and, and gave them the field goal to tie the game, to send the game to overtime. And then, uh, obviously, in overtime, he got absolutely burnt. By Ceedee Lamb for a basic uh, walk-in touchdown. Ceedee Lamb was taunting him on the way to the end zone, uh, rightfully so. And you know, I saw a graphic. You know, we talk about that last play of the game, and how you know you hear Devin McCourty talk about how they were in a tough call on that play and and all that. But there was a graphic that was, uh, I think it was shared by Greg Bedard on Twitter tonight. I think I retweeted it as well. He was the only guy in coverage that was a mile, an absolute mile behind his guy. J.C. Jackson had his guy. Devin McCourty had his guy. Everybody else was covered, but Jalen Mills was trailing C.D. Lamb, which made, you know, Dak made a great play to scramble to get out of the pocket to make that throw. It was a great throw by Dak Prescott. Don't get me wrong. But Jalen Mills was nowhere near C.D. Lamb on that play. That C.D. Lamb was able to high-step it into the end zone. In Mm -hmm. overtime... In a huge game for this team, this guy is an absolute failure of a signing. You know whether he was signed to do what he's doing now or what. You cannot count on this guy to be your number two corner on this team. Absolutely yeah. not at all. I am out on the Green Goblin, as he's called. <laughs> I'm out on him. Puma, you're right. Bow down to you on this. You are 100 percent right on him. I I want nothing to do with this guy anymore. 
Yeah. And, and you know, for me, I share your sentiment about Judon. I think, obviously, he's a home run. The guy is an absolute animal. I mean, he has that tough, like, raven nastiness to him, and mm-hmm. we really need that. And, you know, obviously, Judon, uh, I'm sorry, Jalen Mills is, is obviously the worst out of all of those guys. In the middle somewhere, uh, I do see Bourne kind of elevating a little bit. I'll put him in that good signing category. He's not great signing just yet, but I do like what I've seen out of him. He seems to have a rapport with uh, Mac Jones, and Mac Jones looks for him on certain occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter Henry, um, I'm unsure about just yet. He's had a couple of good games. First, you know, start of the season, he wasn't the best, but I want to see how he develops. But the rest of it, man, like John Smith, Godshaw, Anderson, all these guys, I think they've been dud so far. And that's one of our main issues as being Patriots fans right now. There's a severe lack of talent on this roster, man. Not just the free agency signings, but, you know, we don't have to go through all the mm-hmm. all the missteps in the draft. But, you know, Sony Michelle isn't here anymore, and Nikhil Harry sucks. And now I, I was going to put Wynn in the sucks category last year. I was going to give him one more year this year, but he's absolutely trash. We can all mm-hmm. chalk that up to a bad draft pick as well. Um, you know, there's just a severe lack of talent. And I was asking this question to, I believe it was Puma a couple days ago. I was like, you know... Who do we build around in the future? Like, obviously, I understand Mac Jones is your centerpiece on the offense, but we don't have, like, any good studs on the defense that we can look towards the future. Like, I understand Judon is going to be there for another two years uh, at the minimum, but, you know, long-term, do we have any young studs that's going to be there for the next five, six years for, you know, somebody you can build around? And I don't see that anywhere across the the defense or the offense. No, no, I, 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 I will agree with you on that. And you know, there's, you know, I, I, I definitely put Bourne in the, uh, in the good, the good category here too. Uh, he's what, you know, I listened to an interview with him uh, not too long ago on, uh, you know, a pregame show for the, uh, for a game. I really like what this kid is. He seems to have a really good head on his shoulder. He seems to be coming into his own now. Um, I liked him with, uh, with San Francisco before he came here. Uh, I'm kind of high on him to keep building on what he's doing here. Uh, like I said, you can put that that interception tonight on him a little bit, but at the end of the day, it was on Mac. And then obviously he had the big uh, the big touchdown play tonight. So I, I he's he's probably a top candidate for you know my next jersey choice for the Patriots. I haven't bought one yet because I want to see what what we got here. But like I really like what that kid born brings brings to mm-hmm. the offense. Um, you know. Judon, again, we talked about him. Anderson got hurt. Raekwon McQu- McQuillan, I think is his name, got hurt. Uh, tore his ACL out, yeah. uh, you know, in training camp. So that that was kind of a bummer. Um, Jonu Smith, a guy who I was all aboard signing, uh, you know, before even free agency started for the Patriots. I, I, I want to say that they're going to get him involved more. And I... I he obviously had that bad game against the Saints. Um, I don't think we're going to see him ever play that bad again. Uh, I, I really want them to involve him more in the offense. And I'm, I'm going to, again, put that on Josh McDaniels and the offensive game plan because I, I just don't feel that they're using him uh, appropriately. We, we were all building training camp that we were going to see him take handoffs out of the backfield. We we're going to see him run jet sweeps. Uh, they haven't used him that way, and mm-hmm. I, I want to see them use him in different ways because he is a freak athlete that is 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 not being used uh, appropriately in my eyes uh, through six games this year. And I want I want to hope that they're going to build that in. You know, they see what they got in their quarterback now. They I think uh, you and I will agree here that they made the absolute right choice. 
playing Mac Jones uh, mm-hmm. rather than riding sure. with Cam Newton through this. And they, they, they clearly have something in this kid, and they need to continue to build off it. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, he's shown a yeah, little bit of flash, been... but like yeah. he's had some absolutely brutal drops. Brutal drops, yeah. Which was his kind of his M.O. before he got here. And you can't really like that signing at this point, especially given the amount of money that they gave him. I know that, you know, in the in the in March we, we did a I think we did a pre preseason uh podcast. I think we were all like, let's sign Curtis Samuel here and they ended up giving all this money to, to, to Nelson Aguilar and we were like, what the hell? Like overpaid. We we thought that that was gonna be probably the worst contract that they gave out uh for the uh you know their free agency signings and obviously Jalen Mills has kind of taken the cake on that at this point but not a good signing with Nelson Aguilar. I, I, I really think we're going to see more out of Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry. I think we're going to see that build as the year goes on. Uh, whether or not it's going to help them this year or not, I mean, I think I think you and I kind of agree that you know, unless they show us anything after this Jets game, because we all we were in a, you and I are in agreement that you know we've talked offline about this that they're going to beat the Jets next week at home. They're finally oh, they going to get their home win. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they have to. Yes, if they lose to the Jets, man, we're going to be together next week. Just so you know, the uh, the boys of the pro down. football, the boys <laughs> of the pro football radio podcast are finally all going to be in the same room together for the first time and. You and I, we might be we might be live streaming a, a podcast next week if they lose to the yeah, Jets. I'll, br- but... I'll bring my equipment with me. I'll bring my equipment with me. But <laughs> but let let's me, hope let me get... we don't get to that point. I know, right? <laughs> let me get to a point about the uh, the wide receivers and the tight ends. And I've noticed this through the first six uh, weeks of the game uh, of the season. I've noticed they're not good run blockers, right? Uh, when we're running the ball, I've noticed the wide receivers are not as physical as I as I've been used to seeing out of Patriots running attacks in the past. You know, mm-hmm. we've been used to seeing a Julian Edelman get up into somebody's face, like stick them and move them off the, the line for three yards. I've seen Gronk in the past, you know, move people eight yards down the field and obviously the infamous Colts game where he threw somebody out of the club. I've noticed <laughs> one of the reasons why our running attack sucks so bad, and obviously again traction tonight, before the season it had sucked so bad, is because those tight ends and those wide receivers just don't block as well as we've seen in the past. And I don't know if that's simply a, you know, they weren't homegrown Patriots players and they haven't had that beaten into them, they're free agents and maybe a little bit softer, but have you noticed saying that on your end or, or am I making that up? No, I think it's definitely a factor. Um you know, in terms of the running attack, I, I, I put more onus on the offensive line and how they've underperformed this year. They've obviously met some injuries and COVID issues uh, over the past couple of weeks, but they've been a massive disappointment in their, in themselves. Isaiah Wynn, absolute garbage. He got benched again Trash. tonight. Mm-hmm. How they gave him the fifth-year option at this point is a, seems like a massive, massive blunder in terms of, uh, of roster management. Uh, at this point, he's been an absolute disappointment. He got benched tonight. Uh, Kajust uh, is filling in for Trent Brown because he's on IR when we thought he was going to play against Tampa Bay last week. You know, I think there's a motivation issue there with him. That's a whole other topic we can talk about at some point later on. Um, the issues on the offensive line have been an absolute... They've been, they've been, in my opinion, the most disappointing unit on this team. Mm-hmm. Through six games, you can lump that in with the front seven of the Patriots, who we thought were going to be elite, 
uh, you know, even even the whole defense as a whole, we, we expect it to be a top five defense uh, coming into the season. They have clearly not been that. But the offensive line has been a massive problem. And, you know, tonight they didn't commit penalties, but... You 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 remember that play with Kajus getting absolutely torched oh, yeah. by Randy Gregory and getting Mac Jones absolutely killed and he fumbled you know turned the ball Mac over but I thought he did I thought he was hurt he got up very gingerly after that clearly got the wind knocked out of him on that play uh, you know and, and and not to not to change subjects on this but that just goes to show you what kind of player Mac Jones is that kid is tough he's got guts he takes in there he stands in there he takes the hits because he got hit again tonight. He got hit a lot tonight, uh, based on the you know the failures of the offensive line. You know they were clearly trying to figure out the offensive line tonight. They were subbing guys in and out like crazy, but uh, I I don't want to put it so much on the tight ends. Yes, I expected them to block better, but I don't consider them the the focal point of the failure of the run game. I consider that on the offensive line. Okay. All right, well, let's move this forward, right? And I immediately thought after the game was over, just because I knew how badly we needed it, the thought that crossed my mind was, is this Patriots season done? Are we sitting here on October 17th, uh, 2021, we're six games in at two and four, or is the New England Patriots season done? And to give you a quick, you know, Overview of where the playoff picture is right now. At the moment, the Buff, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are number one seed. Bills are number two seed. Chargers are number three seed. Titans are number four seed. The three wild card teams would be five Bengals, six Raiders, seven Broncos. On the bubble, teams ahead of the Patriots right now are the Chiefs, the Browns, the Steelers, the Colts, and then we get to the Patriots at number twelve uh, in the standings. So we're essentially twelve out of sixteen teams in the AFC. So. At this moment, do you think the season is over, or is this some sort of path to the playoffs? I will never write off the path until mm-hmm. it is completely dead. Mm-hmm. But boy, is the uh, is the outlook not 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 good right now for the Patriots to make the playoffs? And actually, um, before you give your full answer, let me give you some more context on that because I think you know giving you a quick rundown of who the next few opponents are. You know, we've got the Jets next week, which should be, an e- I think, an easy win. Mm-hmm. We've got the Chargers. I've got that as a loss. The Panthers mm-hmm. could be a toss-up. The Browns, that's a loss. The Falcons, probably a win. That's two definitive wins right there. The Titans, I don't see them winning against. The Bills, obviously, no. The Colts, no. The Bills, again, no. The Jaguars, yes. The Dolphins, yes. Let's give them that. So that's four more wins right there. And then I'll just throw one random, you know, essentially – we you know somehow beat the Panthers kind of win, so that's five wins right there. Five plus two right now. We're at seven and eleven. Is that what the new metrics are? Seven and, seven and ten. ten. Seven and ten. Seven and ten. Yeah. So I mean, do you see us somehow winning way more than those games, uh, or is this basically who we are uh, for this uh, for this season? Um, you know, it, again, I, I I don't have at this point right now. My expectations are gone for this team. I mean. They, they seem to play these close games against these good teams. Obviously, the Saints was probably the worst game of the year so far. I think we'll agree on that, that they just obviously mm-hmm. didn't have it. Um, Miami, again, another game. Miami's in absolute disarray right now. I can't believe we lost to them. I can't oh believe God. they lost that game. You can thank Damian Harris for that one. Um, they should have won that game. And, you know, you can argue that they should have won the Tampa Bay game the way they played. 
they played that game and the conditions and holding Brady and Brady obviously was affected by the emotion and the weather and all that. Um, you know, the, and, I, and I don't want to sound like every other team here, but you're looking at a possible five and one, four and two record right now. If a couple things go their way and is before I get into it, Jay, let me ask you this. Is this team better than the record that they have right now? No, I'm not. I'm sorry, they're you, not. I mean, they are not? two. They're two and four, man. Like, I know that's the thing. That's the thing that a lot of us Patriot fans say to ourselves to make us self, make ourselves feel better. Well, if this happened and if I we agree. got this call, that's not what the NFL is. The reason mm-hmm. why Tom Brady was so great and is still so great is because he is that little buffer you need, just that little extra margin of error that puts you over the top. And to be real, I mean, when's the last time, even when Tom Brady was here with us in the in the 20-year run, besides the 07 season, did we consistently blow people out? No, of course not. It all would have come down to one, two plays here and there, and Tom Brady and the Patriot way would somehow figure out a way to close that game out. This team isn't that. This team seems to get to that point of almost contending and then loses it. So you are what your record is, in my mind. So you don't think that they're they're better than what their record says they are? Absolutely not. You see the okay. dumpster fire on offensive line, the dumpster fire on defense, the coaching is atrocious. You've got, what, one shining bright hope, which is a... And for me, he's an above-average quarterback at the moment. Is that all you're holding your hopes on as a team? See, see, I think they're I think they're better than the record says they are right now. I think that they, they, they have been making key mistakes at bad times. And, you know, you can put that... Uh, you can absolutely put that on the coaching staff. Uh, in this game, uh, in the season, uh, it's it's hard not to. Uh, but I do think that they are a better team than their record shows. But at the end of the day, the record that shows is the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of went down the schedule there. Obviously, we we agree about the about the about the Jets. Jets yeah. uh, we agree about the Chargers. I think that you know being out there is likely a loss. Uh, you know, they they laid an absolute egg today against the Ravens. Obviously, the Ravens are the class of the AFC right now. Um, Carolina, the way they've been playing, I I, you know, I I think that they can go down there and beat them, especially with it being on the road, given how they performed at home. Cleveland is another game that I, I, I would toss as a, uh, a, a toss-up, depending on what happens and who shows up that day. Atlanta, I would pencil in as a win, just because of how bad... Uh, you know, Atlanta is this year with, you know, how their coaching has gone and all that. Tennessee is another one that they haven't been anything impressive this year. They're in a bad division. You know, we'll see what they do tomorrow night against the Bills to see what kind of team they are. But, you know, I think that they, that's a, that's a, you know, a very winnable game. In Buffalo, I'll pencil that in as a loss uh, up in Buffalo. But I think that game, again, I think they're going to be very close in all of these games. And it's going to come down to who can make the plays at the end of the game. And if it's the Patriots defense, obviously I'm going to, you know, give them the loss because of how they have done in key spots this year. But I'm not going to pencil in uh, Indianapolis as a loss. I, I think they can beat them. Uh, Buffalo at home, I hope that they can, you know, consist, you know, be competitive in that game and, you know, maybe win it at the end. I'm hoping to go to that game. So, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Jacksonville, obviously a win. Miami, I'll give them a win there too. So I, am I, so I counted I, six definitive wins, so that makes some um, eight and nine. Yeah, definitive, and then the other games, you know, can go either way. So again, it's going to come down to them again finishing games off 
that that they're in and you know they, to, to date they haven't shown that they haven't finished off Miami they didn't finish off Tampa Bay they didn't finish off Dallas tonight which was an absolute lost opportunity for this team um, but season over I, I lean yes at this point uh, I, I, again I have no expectations for them going forward uh, tonight was a, a a very big loss for this team because again you're looking at three and four after the Jets next week versus four and three, and that's a big difference at this point in the season. And it's tough to feel good, you know, about anything except the quarterback. And until they actually stop being conservative with him and let him just go out there and, and see what you got at this point, like they haven't done, they haven't put him in a position where he has to go out and win a game. And you you could argue last week was that, but they kicked the field goal to win. Let him go out and throw the ball and win the game. They they were too conservative, and until we see that, it's it's, it's hard to feel good about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I think the thing for me that is the hardest to fathom is that we're zero and four at home to start the season. Yeah, absolutely. Like zero and four. When's the last time a a Bill Belichick coach team was zero and four? It never and happened in, in New England. <laughs> Yeah, and we're uncharted territories. Even last year, I don't think we were 0-4 to start the season, right, nope. at home. So, 1993. I, I have this concern that this team is getting worse as the weeks roll on. And I understand the initial impression is to be like, all right, well, listen, they competed better than they did week one. But, like, we're not. I don't think we're ever going to get to the point of, like, beating these teams. And the question I want to ask you here is real quickly before we kind of wrap this podcast up. We're at, like, what, 44 minutes now? Um, but oh crap! I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, I, uh, fuck! I just lost my train of thought. But listen, at the end of the day, man, I'm just I'm just not happy. I I just I just wish that it wasn't like this, man. Look, look, I'm I'm there with you, and you know, not not to beat a dead horse with how we've we we've, we've gone on about this, but I I put 2022 as 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 a defining year for this quote unquote rebuild that they're going through. Um. It, it, it they've been in every game that they that they've lost with the exception of the Saints game that was obviously a travesty and a absolute dud that 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 they've blown obviously uh Miami they lost by a point they lost by two to the to the Bucks and they lost by you know a touchdown tonight in overtime so like they're right there they're just not taking that extra step forward right now to close these games out and you can point to the talent on the roster as an issue for that you can point to the coaching staff absolutely for play calling on both sides of the ball for that uh i wouldn't put necessarily game management uh in this because they seem to have managed the games properly they but again it comes down to the game plan going into the week they seem to have this idea about the type of game that they want to win, or they want to play to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami, it seemed that they wanted to play to you know win nineteen seventeen. The Bucks, it seemed they wanted to win twenty to nineteen. Tonight, it it seemed like they were trying to win what twenty nine to twenty six. Yeah, and it, it hasn't been working out. And you know they they seem to. They just can't make that final play. And again, it boils down uh, to these games that they've lost to 
in my opinion, the the way the defense has played in key, key spots. Jalen Mills getting burnt on multiple occasions late in key spots uh is what is what is boiled boil it down to and you know we don't want to talk about if this if that but like they make those two three key plays in three of these games that they've lost they're looking at a winning record and that's that's the most frustrating part for me is that this i i, I really believe that this team is the way they're built the way they're coached the way everything is played out they are better than what their record says. They're just not making those key plays at key times that they need to make. Well, and my, my question just came back to me while, while you were talking. And, you know, immediately when this game was over, we were texting back and forth. And you said, you know, X, X, and X, X, Y, Z have to happen, essentially. Fire Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. and take oh, away yeah. personnel moves from Bill Belichick. But let yeah. me ask you this on the podcast for your official answer. <laughs> what are some of the moves you want to happen in the offseason? Because let's assume that this season is, is a goner and we're thinking about next season. Let's say, what do you want to see in the offseason to make yourself feel better about this team moving forward next year? Next year? Well, in the draft, I want to see them hit on secondary help because their secondary is definitely aging. Uh, McCourty's old. Uh, they clearly need to re-sign J.C. Jackson because I believe he is a key part to this team. Whether or not he's a, uh, a number one corner on a on, on a team in the NFL is you know still up there to be debated. I mean, he's last week after Gilmore was traded, he was an absolute train wreck in that game against Houston. So I want to see more from him. Obviously, they need to bring him back because they need him. But I want to see them uh, address that secondary uh, is number one. I, I if they're gonna draft somebody, if they're gonna have a high draft pick, give me a cornerback high. I, I again, I don't follow college football like you do, so I I don't know who that would be, but I I need to see them address that. The offensive line is a big problem. They need to address mm-hmm. left tackle. Obviously, they're bringing back Isaiah Wynn uh, at his fifth year option, but I'd like to see them maybe kick him to a guard position at this point. Because, uh, you know, there have been talks about that uh, over the last couple of years that maybe you slide him inside, maybe he's better. Uh, maybe a left guard. Um, those, those are two of the big things. Uh, maybe maybe bring in another wide receiver at this point because the guys that they brought in this year clearly aren't the absolute answer to it. I think they're good complementary pieces. I think that they can be a good focal point of the offense. But bring in, bring in that, that, that deep threat, that you could really incorporate going forward uh that 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 pretty much sums it up i yeah. you know how i feel about josh mcdaniels and yeah. I, I think they really need to pull the reins off and they need to let the offense flow as it would again mac jones is not tom brady but let him run it like he was tom brady let let him yeah. go let him throw let him make decisions let him make decisions at the line of scrimmage let him do it yeah, and I've got three bullet points that I really want to hit on uh, into you know essentially how I want uh, something that three bullet points that would make me feel good about the Patriots next year, and the first being you hit on the head you got to fix the offensive line. That offensive line is an absolute like just dumpster fire. Disappointment. You know, Brown sucks. Wind sucks. I mean, like I, you just go down the line. You know, you've got to essentially overhaul that offensive line. Maybe even think about how you're coaching these guys. Um, I know Dante's gone, but you've got to find a good offensive line coach. 
Uh, the second being, you know, Mac Jones needs to take a step into that top of the tier two category, right? I'm not, I don't want him to be an elite quarterback just yet, but, you know, if this offseason develops into a, a really good, like, you know, Dak Prescott was last year, a, a top of the mm-hmm. tier two quarterback, that'd be great. And then the big one, this is being a controversial one, but you've got to somehow take the roster management moves away from Bill Belichick. I've been saying this for years now, and I've been made out to be the crazy one, but I'm sorry, the man just doesn't know how to put a roster together. He, he for years on end now, got away with it because Tom Brady was obviously the great all-eraser of everything. I mean, you, you pluck, you know, a Julian Edelman as a quarterback out of, you know, college and put him as wide slot receiver. He makes him into a Hall of Famer. So, like, I just, I think this is the thing that's probably going to, you know, be a big moment in Patriots history when Robert Kraft has to go sit down with Bill Belichick and say, listen, we're going to take the roster manager moves away from you because there's a good chance Bill Belichick walks away. But I think at this point, what we've seen so far, we're two years into this thing and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. What else can you possibly do? Now, now I'll say this, like you say this about, about Bill Belichick not being able to, to, you know, rebuild a roster, this and that. Obviously, we agree with, you know, a lot of his personnel moves that he's made over the last, we'll say, five years at this point that they've been, you know, subpar. They've been not good. There's been a lot of bad moves that he's made, especially in the in the uh, in the NFL draft. But he has turned the roster over three times in his tenure here. Yes, he had Tom Brady here to do it, but he drafted you know Gronk Hernandez. You know that's a controversial one, but you know he was a playmaker when he was here. So he's he's turned the roster over quite a bit. Uh, but that being said, at this point now that Brady is gone, he definitely needs some some more. They need to allow some more input. Uh, from other other you know personnel on their in their front office to to make these moves because he 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 has made some very very questionable picks. Obviously, Nikhil Harry stands out as a big one. He had a big blunder tonight with his you know not knowing when he needed to move in motion. I mean, he's been in the system now for what? I think we're going on three years, and he he, he he's done nothing to warrant his investment. Um, so I, I definitely agree that there needs to be some sort of change uh, in terms of their player evaluation, their drafting. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say free agents because I think that, you know, there have been some hits. There's been some duds. That's always the way it goes in the NFL. But taking, you know, there's got to be some sort of change in the way that they build their roster at this point. Uh, you know, given... You may laugh at me, given Bill's age. You know, at this point, obviously he's not going to be here for 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 you know the next decade uh, as a coach. So they need to start turning the page a little bit to the future. And again, taking the taking some power away from Bill uh, in terms of his roster management is a good way to kind of start the transition to the next guy. And I'm gonna die on my grave that I would not want anybody else coaching this team, uh, that that than Bill Belichick at this point. But in terms of the roster building, there definitely needs to be some sort of uh, you know expedited transition, so to speak. How, what would you want Robert Kraft to do when he sits down and has this conversation with Bill, and Bill says no, I'm either gonna walk or I'm gonna stay on with full control of the team. What would you want Robert Kraft to do in that situation? 
at that point, I probably would want him at at this stage. I would probably want him to say, "Bill, take the resignation, retire, move on," because we're getting to a point now where if there's not going to be some sort of built-in transition after Bill, given his age, given how long he's been in the league, all this and that, if he's not willing to accept some sort of reduced role in terms of the front office, that maybe you sacrifice it, you you uh, you know nip it in the butt and, and, and just and just speed 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 up the uh, the transition on it because at the end of the day if you know a lot of these draft picks don't pan out you know this year obviously we're not going to write off this year I, th- I think last year Kyle Duggar is starting is, is showing a, a little bit of uh, of promise in terms of what he's doing um, but if you're not going to to start the transition like, Bill wanted to do with the quarterback seven years ago. If you're not willing to uh, you know, sacrifice a little bit to start understanding that Bill's not going to be here probably longer than what if if they don't fire or force him to resign after this year or next year, he's got less than five years. I think that's a safe uh, a, a safe window to put it on. You got to start expediting that 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 next stage of the of uh, of the team at that point so i i really do believe that they need to start expediting that in the front office and i think if they expedite that in the front office let bill do his thing as a head coach to coach the team i think the team will be better off in the long run you know it's all doom and gloom around here today the patriots lost you know i'm not taking it well i'm sure you're not taking it well but you know what always makes me feel better a date with the New York Jets next week. Oh, let's go, baby. Here comes the 35-0 win. I got to say, I'm happy I chose this week to come down and actually finally meet you in person because if we chose this week, it would not have been pretty. Oof, oh, man, I'll tell you what. There's nothing better than what's seen the New York Jets on your schedule. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm looking reliable. forward to it. The only I'm looking forward to right it. Game. Get right about. game, get right game at home, finally get that home win, and then they go on the road for two weeks. So, <laughs> look how, look who knows? Sad that look how sad that statement is. <laughs> we finally hey. get that home at home win against the New York Jets. We need them on the on the schedule to get that at home win. Holy shit. What are you going to do? Man? They, hey, they've only lost one really, really, really bad game at home. So... Again, I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be the optimist in uh, in our discussion because I know where you stand on all of it. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I'm just a realist, man. I just I just look at the facts. You know, I'm uh, I am here a, we go. <laughs> a <laughs> I am a beacon of integrity. You know, I I my philosophy on life is facts over feelings, and I just call it like I see it, brother. You might not like it, but it's the facts. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you got Without- anything else you want to get to? Without going down a rabbit hole, I don't. I think that uh, next week it's going to be fun to actually watch a game with you and, uh, you know, you and Puma, and hopefully Puma puts his money where his mouth is based on his comments on the the Twitter chat earlier where he's like, oh, the Patriots might lose to the Jets next week. I hope he puts (laughs) his money where his mouth is. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to plug this up as good as Puma does, and it's the first time I have to do this, but our Instagram is Pro Football Radio. Please give us a follow there. Our Twitter is at PFR Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jay Chima. You are on at underscore Birds of Goalie. Is that correct? 
Uh, at Burge the Goalie. At Burge the Goalie at, on Twitter. At Burge the Goalie on Twitter. And then Brando underscore Puma is the um, is the Twitter handle for Brandon the Puma Silva. So this the, resident, I, the resident dolphin, the resident dolphin guy who I'm sure is going to have a lot to say in a couple days about his dolphins. Oh, the Dolphins look bad. I still can't believe we lost that game. But he's also going to be rooting hardcore for the Bills tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't get me started. Or you can say it. He, he no, I can't do, say it. I can't do it behind his back. He's got to be here for me to say it. He's got to be here for me to say it. I can't do it behind his back. I'm a man of integrity like you. If, if you did you hear, did you hear my scorching hot take about the Bills and all the all the haters? Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right, listen, I've got nothing to say. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.